Hello and welcome back to She's In Focus, the podcast dedicated to inspiring and empowering female filmmakers and video creators from all walks of life and on every step of their creative journey. I'm your host, Kel Grant, an aspiring filmmaker from New Jersey who's just trying to turn my passion into something more and connect with amazing women who have the same passion for video. One of those being Leah Jane Kleiman of Leah Jane Productions, a friend of mine from back in high school, who's a Boston-based photographer, graphic designer, motion graphics artist, and video editor. She does it all, and I'm so excited to hear her story today. Leah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Kel. I'm so excited to be on your show. Yeah, this is great. It feels like we're just, you know, two old friends chatting, but now we get to talk about uh, filmmaking and and photography, which is, uh, you know, something we're both really passionate about. Yeah, it's amazing to see how far we've come since high school and see you create the show and all the amazing work you're doing. So I'm so excited to get into it. Awesome. Thanks so much. So take us back to the beginning. You know, where did your passion for filmmaking come from? When did you pick up your first camera? Paint us that picture. Yeah. So actually, when I was little, um, I loved making montages for my friends and family for their birthdays and anniversaries on Movie Maker because uh, back in the day, you know, we had Windows and all of that. Um, so I'd make photo montages and was playing around with all the star wipes and all those like crazy transitions. Um, so that's where it started. And then once we got a Mac, um, I started using iMovie and played around um, with all the effects that that could do. I would like, you know, drop things and then reverse it and add black and white and all the different <laughs> effects that you could do in iMovie. Um, I'd even record myself lip singing, which was super embarrassing, but definitely taught me how to do video editing. So whatever works, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So then I, um, in school, actually, I took some digital media classes and I thought that I want, uh, yeah. Um, and then I also in 2011, whenever that was, I um, decided to sign up for a music video camp in New York City at the New York Film Academy. Oh. And it was like a week long camp and um, they taught you how to film and edit. Um, and it's funny, the guy who taught it, he was like, you should go into photography, which is funny because I was like, oh, I'm here for a music video, you know. <laughs> camp whatever but um you know lo and behold I guess I'm doing it all so um so that you know got me I guess into um, video editing and filming a little bit um and then I took some more classes in high school I took um like photography I took digital media um and I kind of was all like on the path that I wanted to do video editing mm-hmm. um even though I liked filming when I would travel I would um you know film and make videos but it was more because I liked the editing of it um, and actually in high school, I don't know if you remember, we took a class that was like taught you how to, or figure out, I guess what your career was and what different jobs were available. Um, and so I took the online test and, um, it's one of the options was digital media designer. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to, you know, take photos and videos and text and put it all together, music, all that. So, um, then I started looking up different colleges and your universities and seeing which had like a media program. And Northeastern had the College of Media Arts and Design, and um, they were like very innovative. And it was in Boston, and I love Boston. You know, I'm still here, so Boston's still my heart. Um, and so when I visited Northeastern, I was like, I love it here. I want to go here. So um, yeah, so I went to Northeastern, and I was in the College of Media Arts and Design, and I studied media arts with a concentration in video production. So I took a lot of video classes, um, a lot of like I took some graphic design classes too. You know, in the media arts um, department. Um, I took some photography classes and yeah, and then I, um, thought I was going to do video editing. So I also, um, at Northeastern, they have the co-op program. So you get to do different internships. So my first internship was in New York city. It was at Mindfile Multimedia, which is um, a video production company there. And so that was really cool. I got to be hands-on, um, help, 
uh, set up the equipment. Um, I also got to help in the office, like some behind the scenes. And I was really interested in motion uh, graphics. And one of the employees, um, he was a motion designer. So I asked him a lot of questions and um, asked him for tips. And he gave me some design projects actually to like help with different videos he was working on. So um, it was cool to like get to kind of be a part of that. And I was like, I really want to learn more about you know, motion graphics. And also, um, oh, I forgot it. Um, I worked at a sleepaway camp that I had gone to as a camper. I was the videographer at Camp Vermont in New England. And um, it was really cool because I got, like it helped me a lot, le like learn a lot about um, like filming and different angles and capturing, you know, different events. So that was an awesome experience and definitely helped start, I guess, my media video career. Um, I know it's funny, you asked initially about uh, my first camera. That's like, I guess a different topic, but so first I had, um, and I guess that's like taking me back. I don't know if I should transition. Yeah, yeah, but, good. Because um, so back, let's see. Actually, it was when Facebook first started coming out. I was like, oh, I want a really like high quality profile picture, <laughs> you know, super whatever middle school yeah. of me. Um, and so for my, what is it? My 16th birthday, my grandparents were like, oh, what do you want? Like jewelry, clothes. And I was like, I want a camera. Like, I want a DSLR because before that, I actually had a cool pics camera, which is what Jasmine had said in your first episode. Um, yeah. and I was, we were like, you know, we went to DC and I was trying to take pictures on this cool pics and I was like, why isn't the quality good? Like, I just want to have the blurry depth of field and, mm -hmm. you know, I was frustrated. So then, um, I got a, yeah. So then for my 216, I got, um, a Nikon D5 100. So, um, that was awesome. Like learning, you know, about DSLR. I took an intro to photography class just to learn how to use the camera and the manual settings. And that definitely jumpstarted my photography career. Um, so then, yeah, after that, I would, you know, have photo shoots with my friends and edit photos on Photoshop and all that. Um, and so then, right, so then I went to sleepaway camp um, and worked as a videographer. And there they gave me, like, a video camera. Like, it was a straight-up, like, camcorder. <laughs> yeah, um, so I filmed on that, which, like, didn't have as many, you know, effects as a DSLR, like, with depth of field or making it look super cinematic. But it definitely got the job across uh, or job done. Um, and... Yeah, so then I like filmed at camp and I loved kind of experimenting with different angles and um, the guy who I was working with taught me all about uh, like frame rate and all that, which helped a lot, I think, too. And like, especially with video editing and learning how to do yeah. that. Um, and so, yeah, so then I worked at camp and then um, that kind of just like spiraled after that. Like I um, had I actually like take you know do all the different things that I do I had an internship in Israel as a graphic designer working for a basketball team um and I probably got that job because of the working at camp and but that was a really cool experience to be in Israel and to see you know what life is like there um and then yeah so then fast forward I guess we're back to um yeah so then um I did my internship so my first one right was at Mindfell Multimedia it was in New York City mm -hmm. and um yeah it was awesome I they actually they filmed um, Sunday mass for TV. So they had um, a multicam set up and it was a live edit. So it was really cool to watch them, you know, jump from different angles um, and kind of be there live. So, and then, you know, they did some editing afterward, but it was mostly done um, while I was there. So uh, it was really cool. Yeah, to see all the experience of having to get there early, having call sheets, um, you know, and like, yes, you know, I started out getting coffee. I'll be real. That was something that I had to do. But, um, passage, yeah. yeah, but everyone was amazing. Like people were super sweet and I learned a ton and just getting to see, I guess, how it works is my first, you know, real internship in New York City. And it was exciting. So 
that was awesome and it helped me get my second internship in New York City which was at I'm a creative branding agency and there I wanted to do more video editing I guess and less like production so um, I helped edit their like movie lineups for this um, TV channel called epics and they it's like a movie channel so it was like eight o'clock this you know movie and nine o'clock this movie so I had to kind of crank out all of the different um, lineups which was like it was kind of templated so it wasn't as much creative work but then I got to do other things on the side um, they wanted me to do my own uh, personal project just as a way to keep me being creative and um, learning so uh, it's definitely an awesome experience also getting to see what an agency is like and getting to work with other creatives um, and yeah and I just so then once I graduated um, my I got a job actually as a video editor and motion graphics designer um, and I was making content for social media. And while like I learned a lot, um, I don't think it was the right fit. And also it was a small company um, and it didn't work out ultimately. And I'll be transparent, I lost my job. <laughs> and for anyone who's listening who lost, who like has lost a job or um, I know what that's like and it's not fun, but you definitely, you know, come out stronger. And um, I think it all works out for the best because then um, once I, you know, was on my own, I was like, I had some freelance projects. So I decided to um, keep doing those. and. My mom was like, are you gonna apply for jobs? And I was like, well, I'll see, but not like what comes up, but nothing really interested me. And she's like, well, if you're gonna just like do your freelance projects, why don't you just start a business? And I was like, oh, okay, like, let's do this. So I was like, let's make Leo Dream Productions official. Um, and then I got super into networking. It was actually the fall before COVID hit. So things were still open. There were like events and um, I had so much fun like going to different like networking groups and meeting people on the train and in coffee shops. and on the bus just like all around and being like you know this is what i do and here's my card you know and it was so much fun networking um and even on instagram too instagram um served as a great uh platform for connecting with others and for networking too um i know i used like hashtags and i think a lot of people found me through that so i was happy that i posted um my like photos especially on um instagram because that definitely brought in some uh, work um, and also being in Boston, Boston is a great community. I am in part of this Facebook group called Boston Business Women, and there's like over 20,000 um, like women entrepreneurs in it. So that's been great with uh, connecting with other women entrepreneurs and also getting work and um, just, it's like a super cool community. So um, yeah, it's it's been awesome. Um, I know I just like talked a lot, um, but that's basically my whole life story um, in the creative world. So yeah, it's been quite a journey and I've definitely learned a ton, but um, I, you know, I get to do what I love and that's the most important thing. Awesome. So I'm going to, I guess, address the, the last thing you said, and then we'll backtrack to, um, to some of the questions I had about your, your college experience and whatnot. So how important is networking? So how did that help you professionally and I guess personally as well? Yeah, I think I always um, loved meeting new people and kind of hearing different perspectives and um, collaborating and I think that's been super helpful because wherever I go I'm always interested in learning you know about other people's stories and um, I've learned a lot that like no matter I don't know how long you talk to someone if someone meets you face to face or someone knows something personal about you it instantly connects them and makes them trust you and I think that's the biggest thing that they teach especially like in marketing um, is like building trust with your clientele and so I think networking helps a lot and that people are like wow I know her I trust her I want to hire her as opposed to someone random that they don't know um, so definitely, um, and also, so my aunt, for example, she lives, um, near Boston and she has like, there's a great Jewish community there. So she's kind of, um, 
put my name around for like photographing bar bat mitzvahs and stuff like that. And I definitely think it helps because then my aunt can attest to me and be like, oh, this is my um, niece and she does good work. And when people hear um, like testimonies, I think they're also more likely to be like, wow, like if other people trust them, then I should trust them too. So um, definitely the, like I've learned, especially even just getting a job, like if you know someone in the industry or know somebody at a job, um, they'll, you know, put your name in. And um, so just like who you know, right, is that's I don't know, super important, I think, in anyone's career. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not only, you know, what what can this interaction or that me meeting this person um, do for my business, but you also like meeting people. So that's just kind of like a nice personal connection to have as well. Um, but it's always great that it can pour back into your business um, and, and get your name around there. Because I think with networking, um, I think one of the errors that I made when I first started networking right um, towards the end of my collegiate career was, okay, how can this person help me right now? Like I was always aiming to leave that conversation with something actionable, something that will, you know, pour into my business or help me achieve my career goal. But the thing about networking is, you know, there are going to be some interactions like that, but a lot of them might be, you know, how can this relationship um, or this connection with this person eventually help me in, in my business or because because like we're saying you build trust and it might not be necessarily um, that the next gig this person has like you're going to be the person that they call but as you you get to know people like your name is going to be on the top of their mind and if they have a gig or even um, you know in your aunt's case if someone has a bar bat mitzvah you're the first person that comes to mind so inevitably she'll contact you and make that connection for you so I think it's it's not only thinking about the not thinking of networking as <clears throat> pardon me, the short-term game, but also like the long-term game in, in that. And I think also I made the mistake of when I just got out of college or when I was just first looking for my job, my career counselor was like, you got to reach out to alumni. You got to, you know, you got to make these connections. And I ended up, oddly enough, um, the company I work for now, my corporate job, I ended up um, chatting one of those employees on um, LinkedIn. She was only there years at the point that I messaged her she wasn't that much older than I was and I you know I went into her dms and I was like oh hi like would you mind telling me about your experience blah 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 and um you know she replied and I didn't even care about her answers because I immediately followed up with oh great can you get me an internship mm -hmm. like what can you do for me so that uh that's it's funny that, that girl um Brianna and I are friends now because we work at the same company. We got to know each other through that. But uh, but yeah, after I sent that last message, she never got back to me uh, that way because that's just not how you approach networking. So that was a lesson that I learned uh, early on. But I'm glad to see that it's been uh, it's been helping you and you've been you know getting fulfillment out of it too. Yeah, I know. I learned that it's always important to be genuine. Um, I think it's like a good life lesson too, just to kind of like if you genuinely want to meet people or genuinely want to help people, then it'll be reciprocated, even if that's not your ultimate goal. And um, while I guess, you know, people always have ulterior motives, you know, like people in business want to sell either their services, their products, but being genuine and kind of wanting to build communities and build people up, I think will always um, push you far. And I know in all my internships too, just like kind of being there, being ready to help, um, no matter, you know, if I was getting paid or if, you know, anything, like if you're just kind of there to, um, you know, work hard and people will see that and they'll respect that. So um, I think that's a good lesson. And um, also you never know who you're gonna meet too. I have a friend who he got a job because he met some guy while he was in line at Chick-fil-A and just was like, decided to talk to him 
So I think um, I actually read a book, I forget which one, but it was about like having a growth mindset and about being, you know, presenting yourself in a way that you think people will respond well. So if you, you know, are friendly and have your you know, chest out, your head high, people will see that and they'll be like, wow, this person like emits confidence, like I want to talk to them or hire them or whatever. Whereas if you're kind of like looking out for yourself and slouch and look, you know, nervous that people will pick that up, I think. So um, definitely just like how you present yourself. And um, it's cool that you like went through that journey. And, um, and I always like admired you for being so genuine and kind. So um, it's cool that now you're like working to um, bring this community of female film, like film, female filmmakers. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely think, right. Being genuine, just kind of um, wanting to support others and that'll get you far. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. That's exactly the reason I started this podcast. It's just cause I mean, I think I started it a little bit selfishly is because I wanted to know other female filmmakers and other video creators. Um, but then I started to realize like, oh, this can be bigger than me. This mission um, can serve a lot of different women in the industry. So that's what it's kind of been growing um, slowly but surely to be. Um, but yeah, if I would have gone into this with, with this mindset of, okay, I'm going to meet these people so they can connect me to this person that they know, I think like, you know, people would pick up on that. Absolutely. You're right. It's, it's, it's about being genuine and um, kind of stepping into your purpose and when you do that i think that that your your authenticness or your authenticness that's not a word your authenticity, authenticity comes through. um your authenticity comes through and that's really um what people are drawn to yeah I think. no i know on yeah on social media they always say like oh you should be authentic you should be real because that's what people want to see is you know that we're humans too and we make mistakes and um but kind of just yeah showing your human side right and being authentic so definitely it's super important, I think, um, especially entrepreneurship, um, too, is, yeah, to kind of be, like, upfront, be transparent with your audience. Yeah, and I definitely want to touch on um, your social media strategy and things like that for your business, but let's just backtrack real quick to um, your your college experience, or your high school experience. Let's, let's start there. <laughs> so you took um, some beginner classes like intro to photography and stuff like that or digital media when you were in high school did you think that helped lay the foundation for your skills because i never took a class like that i took a lot of like television production classes so i gained a lot of my in front of the camera skills from doing the daily news and you you girl you remember seeing me on there doing the <laughs> oh, daily yeah, news <laughs> and, and, and being a radio host on wmcx um not wmcx uh 90.5 WCBH, that's what it is. Oh, no way, that's cool. Um, and so, you know, thinking about those experiences, those help lay my foundation, but I lack those skills, those fundamental skills in photography and um, and even in videography up until last year because I didn't take those introductory classes. So how do you think those kind of laid the groundwork for your skills? Yeah, no, I'm definitely grateful that I kind of had this idea that I wanted to do digital media when I was in high school because I know a lot of people kind of don't discover what they want to do until later, which is also totally fine. And, you know, you have time to do that. But um, I just like happen to know, which I'm very grateful for. And um, so I definitely, so I took digital media or digital multimedia and I learned how to use Premiere, which definitely helped a lot um, in getting me prepared to submit a portfolio to college or things like that. Um, so that was like awesome that I learned Premiere. I did take um, a photography course like outside of school, which that helped a lot with learning manual settings. Um, cause definitely in professional photography, you have to kind of know how the camera works in order to be able to break the rules and all of that. So, 
um, that helped a lot. And even just taking intro art, intro to art courses or intro, uh, intro courses for art, um, taught me about composition and colors and things like that, the basic foundation of art, because even though a lot of people don't look at photography as like, wow, this is like painting or drawing, but it has the fundamentals of art. So that helped too, just having a foundation. Um, and then I did take photography courses. Oh yeah, actually, that reminds me, I took two photography courses in high school and I learned a ton from those because we learned um, like the different elements. So like with motion, we practice moving our camera and creating like motion, um, like having this object in focus, but then everything else blurry. Um, we learned about um, long exposures and, um, you know, using, what are they called? Those like light, um, not lightsabers, what are they called? The glow sticks. And we drew with glow sticks and made, um, like, you know, write your name, whatever, and you can capture it on camera. So definitely learning all these like extra things for photography, as opposed to just like pointing your camera and taking a picture, um, helped a lot. And I think, you know, differ differentiates a beginner from um, more professional um is kind of how you use the camera as a tool so knowing the different elements and how to break them and write color composition um like light all of that you know it really helps so um i'm definitely fortunate that i had a um like great teachers in high school shout out to you guys i don't know if they ever yeah, if they listen this, if but, they tune yeah, out <laughs> definitely not but or you never know um so yeah so i learned a ton so i'm really grateful um that i had that foundation in high school yeah, and I think that from those classes and ex experiences, you gain something that um, is very valuable to the next steps in your in your photography and, and filmmaking career, which is a portfolio. And yes. I think um, some people underestimate the power of a portfolio. Um, you know, when you step into the role of you say, I'm a photographer, I'm a filmmaker, one of the first things that people say is, okay, well, show me your work. Like, you know, let me see, let me see what you can do. Yeah. And if you have, you know, taken on this title, but haven't really, you know, put the work in to back it up, then you have nothing to show and you're in an embarrassing situation and you might get discouraged from that interaction. Um, but having a portfolio, even if it's, you know, not where you want it to be, kind of um, not only serves you well in a professional standpoint, but also, you know, marks your progress. I remember, you know, now even looking back at, at videos I would make in, in high school and being like, did I really think that that was good? Did I put this out for the world to see yeah. on Facebook, you know? Uh, but then, you know, using all of my portfolios throughout the years as a way to measure progress. So I think that um, building that portfolio early and contributing to it often is a really integral part of growing as a filmmaker and photographer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I know for my thesis in college, I made, um, actually it's really funny, an explainer video about the history of acai bowls, because basically what happened was I, yeah, um, I, thanks. Um, Cause I knew that it was important to hone in on my motion graphics skills, especially as a video editor to be able to use both in tandem. So um, I was like, okay, I'm determined to make this explainer video. I don't really know how to do it, but I'm gonna figure it out. So um, I basically went in full force and figured out how to storyboard and then design the frames and then animate them. And, you know, I learned a lot along the way. Um, and that's ultimately how you learn is by doing so. Um, and that definitely was a really good portfolio piece. And okay, so the reason why I made it about the history of acai bowls is because I was, I like acai bowls, you know, I'll admit it. Um, and um, I was, 
you know, sitting there like, oh, I'm like kind of hungry. I kind of want to get an unstable. Um, and then I was like, I wonder where that came from. Like, why did it become famous all of a, or popular all of a sudden in you know America? So I did some research and I was like, I'm going to make a video about this. Um, and it's pretty funny because when I show people my portfolio now, I do have it on my website and people always comment on it. They're like, oh, we saw this video. We thought it was super creative and funny. So I'm glad I have it because it definitely stood out, but definitely um, like right, having work on your website is super important. And I'm glad I made that video because then it helped me get jobs for other explainer videos because I already had this um, like piece of work. So I, you know, to all the content creators, if you want to, you know, do wedding photography, then you should um, assist a wedding photographer just to have work on your portfolio because people want to see what they're going to hire you for. Um, that's like what I found from experience. So. You know, if you want to be a video editor, make sure to like edit videos. Or if you want to do motion graphics, then you know have some work just to show, even if it's just for yourself or for a personal, you know, personal project or for a mock project, just to have something um, will get you your next gig. So I definitely agree. Having a strong portfolio and always updating it and keeping it, you know, relevant for the um, type of work you want to get is um, integral for sure. I think that's such an important point because I, when I first, when I graduated um, college, I honestly, I didn't take the, the time to really step outside of my classes and explore the, the type of filmmaking that I do now. Um, so my reel was mostly, you know, stuff I had recorded with production services and, and different things or like, but, but I realized that my reel didn't um, consist of anything that I wanted to be doing in the future. It was like covering, um, these events or doing um, talking head corporate interviews, but um, at like a very basic level, it didn't have really any cinematic like principles to it. It was it was just very like corporate straightforward, um, produced by you know college kids. So uh, yeah, there wasn't until um, I, I you know took some opportunities after I graduated and went back for my master's, where I started to take on jobs um, where I could, even if it wasn't the exact thing I wanted to do, I could practice the skills that would translate to other jobs. So for example, I really have no interest in covering sports again. I did that for a while in college. Um, but there's this one video that I did for the homecoming game um, that I use. Oh yeah, as, I saw that, yeah. Thanks, thanks, yeah. As I yeah, use, that awesome. I use as a, um, as a promo or kind of a um, an example of events that I cover because I would love to cover events but I would do it in kind of that way with like you know upbeat music and different transitions and stuff like that and the use of uh, slow motion and speed ramping so um, you know like you were saying t finding opportunities and if you can't find them making opportunities mm -hmm. to create the work that you want to create in the future and I think that's like where spec ads come into play um, you know, I did a product video for um, a pair of boots that Joshua yeah. and I got for um, each other for Hanukkah. <laughs> we got these uh, Deezus and Mero boots and we just, uh, he helped me create a product ad just in our living room. Um, and I po posted that on social media and it's like, okay, uh, I've never worked for a company. I've never been hired to do a product ad, but if I were ever to, you know, find the right connection or, or seek out the opportunity, I could say, here's an example of, of something like that. So, yeah, I know. I love that video. I love your work that you always post. It's awesome. It's becoming, you know, so cinematic and it's so cool to see. So keep posting it, keep, you know, <laughs> doing it. It's yeah, awesome. it's it's, it's awesome because I think that I think I spoke about this too with Jasmine on, on the first episode that your social media is kind of like your living portfolio mm -hmm. too and uh, and I love that um, you know there are some videos that I'm, I'm I'm unsure about when I post but I'm always glad that I did because even if it's not well received or it doesn't get the most likes I can always compare that video 
to the video that I post four weeks after that and say, mm -hmm. oh, like, here's how I improved. So anyone looking on my page, uh, you know, can be able to see that progress too. And I think, you know, social media is all about documenting your journey. Um, it's not always going to be your best work all of the time. Um, so I think that's really cool, especially for creatives. I love seeing like the journey and the story behind the creative or like the best work is always what I want to hear. I want to hear about the times that you failed and I want to hear about the, you know, um, how this opportunity got you to the next opportunity. You know, the, the story to me is really important. So, so thanks for noticing that. And I'm really oh, glad yeah. that my social media kind of, you know, rings, rings true to that statement. Yeah, of course. Also, I know with social media, everyone always, you know, is looking for likes and followers, but at the end of the day, if, you know, whatever you post converts into business or collaborations, then, then you succeeded because, you know, I might not get the, you know, most amount of likes or whatever, but if someone sees my photos and are like, wow, I want to hire you, then, then I succeeded, you know? So you have to think about what your ultimate goal is and, and not try to compare yourself to other people and be like, wow, they're so, you know, Instagram famous or whatever. If you're doing what makes you happy, then, then that's all that matters, you know? Absolutely. And people will also seek you out based on your potential. You know, my old boss, um, I used to work at a piercing and tattoo shop when I was in high school. Um, and my old boss reached out to me on social media and was like, hey, I'd like you to create a, a studio tour for um, for the new the new renovations of the piercing shop. And I told them I was like, I've never done a video like that. Um, and they replied with, you know, I've seen your work. I know you're going to do great. And that's when I had to, I actually had the moment when I was like, you know what, this is my first time doing a video like this. So I'll tell you what, I'll do it for free, you know, the first one. And if you want more work eventually. Um, so doing that free to fee model um, for business is also um, a really good strategy because it took the pressure off of me, number one, because I could say, you know, at the end of the day, if I totally fuck this up, they're going to say, okay, well, we wasted some time, but we didn't pay them for this. So, you know, we'll mm -hmm. be fine. Um, and for me, if it, if it goes well, like the, the best situation that could happen is I do this video for free. The client loves it. They, they hire me back for more paid gigs, but now I have this awesome piece for my portfolio to help get other clients as well. And I, I went through the experience cause that's the thing you have to, um, kind of address fear head on when you're mm -hmm. first starting, because you know, yeah. there's always going to be like your first wedding that you shoot your first corporate shoot. Like you have to get the first one done. Yeah. Um, that to get over that hump, because um, once you have it under your belt, and I'm sure you can attest to this, every other one gets a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's funny that you say, you know, about doing the free to fee um, like method. Um, I've also learned that you can kind of just fake it till you make it. And if you sound confident, people will kind of believe you, which is wild. Um, I know I talked to people and they were like, oh, like I'm looking to, you know, do this. And I'm like, oh, I'm a graphic designer. Had I ever designed a logo before for a client? Or like, you know, no, but I just, you know, confidently said it. And they were like, oh, cool, then here's a project. And for that, it's a little easier because you're kind of like, you know, on your computer. And if I have to look something up, it's easy to do that. Whereas if you're like filming and you're there, you know, then it's harder because if you screw up, you know, that's it. But um, I know for photography, um, I had... I actually like, so I was in these like Jewish organizations and one of them, they posted in some Facebook group, Facebook group uh, looking for a photographer. And I was like, I'm a photographer. Had I ever done a paid gig? No, but you know, I'm a photographer, whatever, right? And so he was like, awesome. We'll pay you like 50 bucks an hour to photograph this event. And I was like, cool, that sounds great. Um, as a college kid, you know, that's like a lot of money. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I went to the event and I was like freaking out. Like, can I do this? I don't know. But um I ended up like, I guess, doing a good job. And they were like, this is awesome. Like, we'll, you know, hire you to do more events. 
And then it ended up that the guy who hired me, I photographed his wedding, which that was super scary because that was, you know, my first wedding and I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, oh my God, I need to buy like a million SD cards and a million, you know, uh, batteries or whatever, like freaking out. Um, but luckily it worked out great. And I mean, now looking back, I was like, I know how I like to photograph better and I could do a better job now. And you know, the quality maybe wasn't as great as it could have been, but like it was good enough and you have to start somewhere. And also, of course, you adjust your prices. Like when I first started, I wasn't charging, you know, like as much as I would now. So mm. you and, you know, pricing is a whole nother ballgame. Like that's, I don't know, something else, but um, definitely like, you know, you have to start somewhere. So and you kind of like fake it till you make it. And you have to write, like, as you said, face for your head on and like it's scary and you know my heart's racing but it's so worth it um in the end because you learn a ton and if you like if a lot of things you want to you know prepare like you don't want to use like flash for the first time at an event um mm -hmm. but if you like so you want to like practice ahead of time or you know whatever or use a camera for the first time at an event um but you know you have to right start somewhere so either you can assist someone and have them teach you or you know you start with a smaller scale event or you know, for filming a smaller project, or as you said, which is a great idea to do like free to fee. So if you like it, then you know what you're gonna get. Um, and then, you know, hopefully in the future you can hire me. So um, definitely like all great approaches, but you definitely have to like face your fears and just be like, I trust myself. Like, you know, this is the only way to learn. Oh yeah, trusting yourself is a big part of it because this just reminded me of uh, of something that happened in high school that I, that I, I completely forgot because I block it out in my memory because this is how like, like traumatic this experience was for me. My cousin knew I was studying video production in, um, or I was in TV production in um, high school and going for that media production and video production in college. So she was getting married my senior year of high school and they didn't have a lot of money. So they weren't going to hire a videographer anyway. So they were like, Kel, why don't you, you film this? Um, and it's, and they gave me that gig um instead of i guess <laughs> now that i think about it they didn't have uh, they had their bridesmaid spots filled and so i think this was a way for like letting me be involved in the in the the wedding party um but so i i ended up filming this wedding for her back in 2015 and i i filmed it and i was so scared to edit this footage that i didn't edit that footage for her for five years so think about this. She never, she never brought it up, um, which is, and I think, uh, you know, I kind of wrote it off as like, it was so bad that I just like, what can I, what can I even, I didn't have the editing skills or the confidence in my abilities to be able to like put the footage I had gotten together. So, you know, right when I was really getting serious about video, I was like, you know, I have to kind of write this wrong. You know, the girl deserves her wedding video, no matter if it was shot by an 18 year old or not. So um, I ended up editing it five years later. Um, and that was, uh, again, I, I tried to like dress it up with like some some like slideshow templates in the beginning because I didn't have a lot of uh actual ca usable camera footage so I had to use like stills from the um, from the very cheap photographer that they got who did not take great pictures um, <laughs> so so yeah I ended up um yeah putting together the video and sending it off and they loved it and it was like it it, it like oh my god it, it made it felt like I was like complete finally like I had righted my I had righted my wrong I had you know completed on this this thing that I set out to do five years ago and it kind of just um you know, 
made me think of like why did this take me so long to edit like looking at it last year when I did I was like this is like I could throw this together in two seconds but you know six years ago at this point you know the the person I was six years ago looked at that as such like an intimidating challenge and wouldn't even touch it um so I just think it's it's interesting about you know kind of staring fear in the face and and just and just going for it because I uh you know when especially when you're dealing with with clients I mean my cousin wasn't a, a paid client but this was someone who was expecting a certain service from me and I had let them down and if that were a you know a a paying client or something like you could really you know you can get into legal trouble for that if you're a business you can you know you could really you know fuck up some relationships that you have burn some bridges that uh yeah that definitely um is not business best practices so I've learned from that experience but it's uh it's funny I haven't um I haven't shot a wedding since then but I have been looking for the opportunity to kind of rewrite that story (laughs) of that that experience several years ago well it's cool that you said you know practice on like a family friend and it was low pressure because that's the best way to practice when there's like not that much pressure um yeah yeah no it's it's also hard like I think with these you know big projects especially if there's like audio and video and you know all these editing and all these um different aspects and skills you know it's hard to be like I'm going to do it all and I'm just going to like you know it's like easier kind of to break it down into pieces so until we kind of do that within ourselves and be like okay I'm going to just try this like it's easy to kind of get worked up and be like I can't do this I'm not gonna you know I give up um, I know for a lot of like design projects, you know, I'll get the brief from the client and I'll be like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? This is so much work. But I realized that the, the best thing you can do is kind of just to start and then eventually it'll like, you know, work itself out. Like with designs, I'll be like, all right, I'm just going to kind of like put the text up there, put some colors, put some shapes. And, and the more I kind of dig deeper and like move things around and add different effects, I'm like, oh wait, actually this could work or maybe this is better. So you kind of have to like start and just kind of jump right in and actually do the work and create the content. Um, in order to like get past those fears of like, oh, this is overwhelming. And I think that applies to anything you do in life. If you break it down into smaller pieces and kind of just like start, like, you know, get out of bed and do the task. Um, then that's kind of how you can evolve and, you know, push yourself because, you know, a lot of times we get in our heads about things and we're like, this is too overwhelming. I give up and you're not going to get anywhere if you kind of, you know, let your mind take over. So definitely important to kind of just kind of start and see where it goes absolutely and I think that we don't like we I feel like as creatives uh, at least for me I don't often enough think about it like I think about writing like when I used to write papers it's like okay it's a first draft for some reason I never approached video or anything like that or design as this is a first draft you know get something down on the paper get something on the screen put something on the timeline and then you can iterate and continue to evolve it but it's always like in my head it always had to be perfect like the first time or it always had to make sense but you know there's been a handful of projects where I put something together and either a client or a boss said yeah not not what we were thinking and you have to go back to the drawing board um but you're right you just have to you just have to start somewhere and kind of just go for it I know they should teach it in school like this is a draft this is not your final like this is just the start and then it gets better and better and I know it took me a long time to learn that with clients like at first you know when I was in college and high school I would do a project and I show someone and they're like well you should change this and I'm like no like this is like I did it this way I don't want to change it like I don't want to have to go back and it's more work I was like oh crap like I think it's fine how it is and I would get offended and take it personally 
But now I realize, like, first of all, it always gets better every time I take feedback. I mean, sometimes there's clients that have, you know, their own vision. Right, right. So, um, but for the most part, I feel like when they give feedback, it helps the video become better. Um, and like they catch things that I miss. Um, and it's a collaboration. And also to not take it personally, personally, because everyone has their own, um, you know, like opinions and ideas. And um, it's like, it's not against you and your work. It's just, this is how they want it to be. So I've kind of learned not to take it personally and just like, like this is part of the job, you know, you edit it one time and you have to go back and make revisions. So um, instead of thinking about it, like they're attacking my work and it's more about like, how can we collaborate and just make this better for the overall product? Yeah. And the idea of killing your darlings too. Have you heard that expression? Oh no, I haven't. So my um, film professor in college always used to say that because um, we would pre present our films, our short films or whatnot to the class and, you know, we'd get group critiques and someone would say, give a piece of feedback and then the, the person who made it would be like, oh, well, no, no, like I see it like this. And then the professor would say like, you know, you don't want to kill your darlings, like your baby, like this is my baby. I made this, like this is my, um, at least this is how he explained it. Like this is my work of art. I, cre I created this. This is how I envision it. Um, and, you, and you never want to like, I guess, deviate from that because this was like your creative output and everything. Um, but thinking about, uh, you know, how you can use that, those um, critiques and that kind of revision process as, as you're right, just like making the project better. Um, you can't get tied to one specific asset or one specific um, draft of your, your work um, or else, yeah, you'll be miserable the whole process. And that's the thing, like editing and, and working on creative projects should be, should be kind of fun. You know, like if you if you take a step back and you don't take critiques personally and you understand that it's a, a work in progress and it's a process to get from start to finish, you know, from um, conception to execution, then it becomes more of a of a, a an enjoyable process, I would say. Yeah. And definitely like it takes time to learn that. And and you can do personal projects and that can be, you know, your whole vision and you don't have to listen to anybody. But if you're working with other people or you're working for a client, then you have to accept that, you know, what they say is right. And you're just there to kind of produce the product that'll make them happy. And that'll, you know, do whatever kind of job that they want. Um, so it's definitely right. It takes time to learn that, but there's different, you know, a difference in doing your own projects that are solely your creation and then doing it for somebody else where it has to be a work, um, working together and collaborating. Definitely. All right, so I want to pivot a little bit now to talk about uh, your business and your your kind of professional career as a as a freelancer, but also trying to kind of dabbling into different part and full time gigs. Um, so let's talk about Leah Jane Productions, because I always it's funny I always remember you as. Um, as the video girl, you always created videos. And then I was so shocked to see that your business has grown into, you know, photography and other things like that. Um, what informed that decision? And did you find that it was um, a better business decision to focus on several services and offer several services as opposed to just honing in on one? It was funny because I, right, I always loved doing video editing. Um, I actually, at the beginning of my business, I did um, a lot of like wedding video, like editing for wedding videos. Um, and I guess the thing is a lot of times when people don't just want you to edit videos, they want it to be filmed and um, like have the whole production, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that was always hard for me because as much as I, I like to film, but um, I think it's the audio that always trips me up. Like I never really wanted to do like, 
to work on the audio and especially for weddings you have to mic everyone up and I don't know I, I guess I was just more interested in like capturing um, like moments in time via photography and using light and like focusing on solely the image as opposed to, whereas video is all the different elements there's like audio you know the visuals and there's just like a lot more because it's 4d so um there's time as well and transitions which i do like in motion graphics actually which is kind of funny that i do like doing that but as far as i don't know filming in real time it it never like caught my attention like photography did i think because i love seeing the emotions and capturing people you know smiling and laughing and crying and i think that just like meant more to me whereas video it was not capturing it you know in time i mean it was capturing it but it was you can film a lot it wasn't just like one moment so it didn't give me that same um satisfaction i guess whereas i know editing like is super exciting to edit this final video and having the whole piece and i do so i love that part of it but i don't think the filming ever um gave me the same satisfaction as photo like photographing photography did um so i think that's why i pivoted um yeah, and I guess I just have it, had ex more experience growing up doing photography, so I kind of had that basis already there. So it was easy to transition to doing it professionally. Um, whereas like audio was a little more technical, and I think I liked being having more creative freedom um, via photography. So. Yeah, I've never actually heard of anyone offer you know photography, graphic design, motion graphics, and just video editing. That yeah. that really stood out to me because I was like. If you're video editing, where are you getting the footage if you're not filming it? So tell me how that works. Yeah, I know it's kind of funny. It's like an interesting, I guess, mix of skill sets because I, right, I do like doing photography, but then I also like doing the other, you know, graphic design, editing. Um, so it's actually cool because I've gotten to meet a lot of videographers, which I love because then it's, we're not really competing in our skill sets. It's more like we're working together. Um, so it was actually funny. I photographed a yoga studio just for branding and advertising for them. And one of the girls who participated, she went to school with this guy who um, is a wedding videographer. And I guess he was looking for help with editing because, you know, it's hard if you're running your own business um, to do it all. So um, he outsourced work to me. So I did a bunch of like weddings for him. So I would just edit them. And that was awesome because I loved his footage. He did a great job filming and his lighting was great. So um, it was fun to edit his footage. And then I also met, um, this couple, they also are, um, a team of videographer, like they're both videographers and they've hired other people. Um, and they needed help with editing. So at first I was actually doing some editing for them, but then now I'm doing photography for events that they film, which has actually been fun that I can transition and do that too. Um, and there's, um, there's another, um, she's a film female videographer. I'll have to connect you after this with her. Um, yeah, and so um, we actually met up for coffee one day, and then um, we're gonna, I'm gonna photograph a wedding that she's gonna film this fall, so I'm really excited about that. And um, she was working on a project that I helped with some motion graphics for her, um, but it's just been cool to kind of network and work like with these other videographers and work with them. Um, it is harder, I guess, to find editing work because usually it's like production companies or if people film it, they usually edit it themselves. Um, so that's why I guess I'm moving more towards either graphic design, motion graphics, and photography, just because video editing, it becomes more complicated trying to find videographers, but I have the ones that I've been working with. So, um, if they ever have projects that I would love to work with them, um, so that works out and yeah. And then, I don't know, I think I just love, you know, being creative and finding creative challenges. And so using the, the tools that I already know, and I, since I took classes and, um, and graphic design, motion graphics, being able to use all of it. Um, is really fun. 
And motion graphics is cool because it is a cool combination of graphic design and video because it does use the transitions and I guess you can use angles, but it also uses like color and you can create your own characters and um, like kinetic typography is really fun too. I always love fonts. I'm like a big font nerd. Um, whenever I'm walking around, I'm like, I like that font or like, oh, that one's awful, you know? So um, talk fonts to me all day long. Um, so it is fun, I guess, like not being stuck to one medium and kind of using the different tools that I have um, and create different kinds of content. And I know a lot of people, they like to specialize in one and it definitely, you know, it's it's helpful, I guess, because then you can really hone in on that skill. But for me, it's, I guess I, too many interests, but it's fun to be able to do different types of projects um, and even use all of the skills, some, you know, if it ever comes up where I need to overlap them. So yeah, it's been fun doing it all, but you know, we'll see, I guess, which one I ended up kind of specializing in, but for the moment, it seems like I can do it all so we'll see well, it sounds like you're creatively fulfilled and that's what you know what more can you ask for from your yeah. your business you know yeah and um you know i might do like motion graphics or graphic design full-time for a company if it's the right fit um i have you know an interview coming up for this um, digital marketing agency so it would be cool to be able to do motion graphics and graphic design for them full-time um only because you know instead of having to deal with contracts and like timelines, which can get kind of hazy um, with like freelance clients. Um, it'll be easy to have like a production team to work with and they can manage that. So um, definitely would be open to that, even though um, it has been fun working for myself and doing freelance, but it might like make it easier just as far as like setting boundaries um, with like, like, you know, my time and stuff like that, just to know that I've like set hours. But um, I feel like photography I'll always do on my own. Um, I love kind of using that as like my freelance outlet and networking. And um, so, well, I guess we'll see if I end up, you know, working for myself forever or if I work for a company, we'll have to see where it goes. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely been fun, you know, up until this point, having like, or since um, I started this business, um, like working on my own time and uh, getting to create my own um, hours. So definitely been a cool experience. And I learned a ton from it. That's great. Has the pandemic changed your business model at all? Has that affected your business? Yeah, it was interesting. Um, so before the pandemic, I was doing a ton of events and it was kind of easy to find work. Things were happening all the time, especially right when I like went freelance full time, um, the economy was like doing well, there was like a ton of things happening. So, and social media was huge. I was like getting a lot of work from um, Instagram, which I'm like super grateful for. And that was also the time when I started networking and being part of the um, Boston Business Women Facebook group. And so I was constantly like, um, getting or like you know not constantly but like I was growing my business and it was exciting um, and then when the pandemic hit I honestly it was like really hard because I was like all these events are gonna be canceled my whole business that I you know was so excited about is now gone like and it you know it takes a toll too on like it it hurts to be like wow like my I can't really do my passions anymore I can't even leave my house right um, so it was like you know upsetting but then my mom you know then um, I started hearing people doing porch photo shoots so my mom was like, hey, you should like ask the neighbors, like if they like with kids or whatever, if they want to do family photos. So it's like, okay, I guess I might as well try. Like I'll wear a mask, I'll be outside, I'll be at a distance. I'll do my best, you know? And and so then I got, a, you know, um, a few people interested in doing that. And I know I charged like half price or whatever. It was like, was not that much. Um, and and then like, a, I don't know, I think word of mouth spread. So then I, and I made a flyer too that I posted on social media and my aunt told her friends like, oh, my niece is doing like, like, like half off family photos or whatever. 
So I started doing those. And then I also, I loved doing family photos even before the pandemic, even though there wasn't that many, just because I didn't really like know to advertise for that. But I always got excited doing these family photos because um, I think I'm really close with my sisters. So I loved um, like seeing families, you know, it's so warm and all that. Um, and so then I, I don't know, I then like word of mouth spread and I ended up getting a lot of family um, families to do photos for. And that was great because then, you know, they told their friends and I started doing like families and then family events and bar mitzvahs. Um, and while I do love doing weddings, I think there's something special about like a close knit family. So I like, and also I grew up Jewish, so I had a bar mitzvah and all of that. So it's nostalgic too. So um, that definitely helped and kind of, I think moved me to doing more um, like family events and being more of a family photographer as opposed to like specializing in weddings or specializing in other things. Um, so I think it definitely helped. So I got lucky that it kind of was a good time because families were home and they were bored and they were like, what are we going to do with our kids? So I think it was like a perfect, you know, transition, at least for me. I mean, I know pandemic in itself was like super hard and like on me, on everyone. Um, but it definitely helped my business kind of move towards doing families. Um, and so that just spiraled. And then now that things are opening more, um, yeah, like word of mouth just spreads and, you know, connections help a lot. And so, um, yeah, I feel like I'm like getting a good amount of work now. So I'm really excited about that. And then also, um, through, you know, clients, I have like a few contracted, um, clients so that it's like ongoing so that I'll, you know, have like, know that I'll have like a safety net of work that'll be coming in. So, um, all of that has been super helpful and I'm just super grateful for my, um, clients and network and people that I've connected with, um, cause I wouldn't be here without them. So, uh, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. And even hard times, I think helps us, um, just creatively find solutions, um, to, mm -hmm. to the, the atmosphere and the climate that's going on. Like, for example, I know a lot of, um, videographers and, and photographers like yourself, they had to find ways to get clients because like, that's your only source of income. Like, you know, you still need to find a way. And it's not that like, I don't know, for example, like wedding videographers and stuff. They, I, I know during this time they said, well, people are still always going to get married. They ended up, um, you know, just shooting smaller weddings and doing things like that. But, um, you know, maybe a family didn't know they needed a porch family shoot. But, you know, you by you getting your your uh, your word out there and, and offering this this service, um, you know, it really gets people to think. So it's not only, you know, taking advantage of the the opportunities that you still have, but also creating new ones. Yeah. And definitely. Yeah. As a business owner, I've learned that you have to be like, you have to adapt to the current climate. Um, I know a lot of videographers um, were doing live streams. Um, as like a new kind of service that they offer because a lot of people now are like want to live stream our events because family members can't come. So I definitely like, like have learned that you have to adapt to what's happening. So if that means your prices have to lower or if you have to offer like a different type of service or like, you know, I always wear a mask now. Um, and I know people like, like they always like promote, like we're going to make sure our, um, gear is clean and everything. So it's definitely, um, important to like adapt the situation because of COVID you have to adjust your business to work within the like circumstances that you can um, and make sure everyone's safe and everyone feels comfortable. So um, it's definitely like a good practice. I know when owning your own business, no matter, I guess what field you're in um, is like, you know, making sure that you adapt to the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And social media, let's talk about that for, for a second. Cause that, um, 
I feel like your your social media strategy, I noticed it kind of ramp up as the pandemic was happening too. You know, you were posting more of your work. Um, you ended up doing a giveaway when you reached 2K followers. Um, so tell me a little bit about your social media strategy for your business. Yeah, um, I know I've been looking a lot at like other photographers, other entrepreneurs and how they're using social media. And, you know, consistency is key. Um, I know lately I haven't really been posting as much only because um, I've been like super focused on my graphic design and motion graphics projects and kind of figuring out where I'm going to go with that. Also, I had is winter, so I didn't have like as many shoots, um, but I have like a bunch booked for the spring. So I'm excited to get back to posting. But up until then, I, you know, it's to try to post consistency consistently. They say like, I think, you know, four or five times minimum a week. Um, and then, you know, being authentic, like always showing up for your um, audience. Um, so like whether, and then like showing your face is huge too. I know I was trying out like, especially when the weather was nicer to um, do more self portraits um, or like having my friends or family take pictures of me just to show my face. So people know who they're hiring, if they hire yeah, um, me to work for them. Um, and then I, you know, I saw people doing giveaways and I, I honestly wanted to just give back because I felt like um, my clients, you know, have been there for me and um, like help me create this business. So I wanted to do something nice for them and show my gratitude, um, especially with the pandemic. It's been a crazy, you know, it was a crazy year. So, um, just, to, and I know, you know, people love photos and to be able to capture these, these times. So, um, I did the giveaway. Um, I actually haven't done the photo shoots yet only because the weather was like crappy new England weather is, you know, all over the place. So we're going to wait, I think probably till the spring, but, um, yeah, I'm excited to do those. Um, and also it's like a way to just connect with more people because either people post them uh, or post the giveaway um, or yeah, just like like if I, the winners, I ha happen to know them, but if I didn't, it'd be another way to connect with new families. So honestly, I just love like connecting with new people. Um, so that, um, yeah, so I was excited to do that. And um, I know there are like definitely like way more strategies and more marketing um, tips and tricks that you can use and I'm like continue to try to learn them, but you know, I can't do everything. I'd have to hire someone, which I thought about. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. But you know, marketing is a whole other world and you know, each facet of business, there's like, like, you know, the legal side, there's the marketing, there's, and then, you know, someone has to actually do the work. So, which I love <laughs> to do, but um, you know, there's a lot, so you know, you can't do everything, but I'm definitely trying to learn as much as I can. Yeah, there's a lot to consider when you're a one woman show, for mm -hmm. sure. I think uh, for social media, the thing that I've noticed um, recently, I've been using hashtags, um, but and, and oh, yeah. I was I've always been kind of skeptical of hashtags. For some reason, for the longest time, I'm like hashtags are a scam. When people put them on their page, it's just like spammy. It's for this and that. Um, but I noticed that it really helps you reach the audience that you want to reach. You know, I've been posting on my personal Instagram stuff for she's in focus as well as stuff for my you know my business and um i've noticed that when i use hashtags like hashtag female filmmakers hashtag female video creators i'm attracting you know women who follow those hashtags and i'm you know i'm i'm growing my community even if it's virtually even if i've never met these women before they're engaging with my content and which allows me to find their profiles and look and see what they're doing and it really um helps you because and it's personally helped me because i felt like oh like there's not that many female filmmakers like they're like i'm just like i'm putting out on this hashtag and like who's really following this but i've actually even in my last post alone i think i've connected with like 10 
strangers um, that are female filmmakers that I've uh, you know absolutely loved their work. So it's like, first of all, 10 more guests for the podcast. This is great. Yeah. Um, but also just 10 more women to be inspired by and to grow the community. Um, so I think, you know, using social media to your advantage um, for, you know, your personal life and your, your business um, is definitely, definitely the way to go. But yeah, you're right. There's so much to learn. I, uh, I always thought social media was a bit of a joke until I started learning about all the different strategies and tactics that go behind it. Um, and I know, for example, with my, with my corporate job, we hire out uh, a media agency, a social media agency to help handle our strategy because we can't possibly do everything in house. And that's for like a major corporation. I can't imagine, you know, trying to for one person to try to do all of that. Uh, and that's the like, that's the role we kind of take on when you start your own business. And you're, you know, you like you said, you're, you're you know, taking into consideration legal considerations and marketing considerations and, you know, uh, client relations as well as producing the actual work. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely don't envy the jobs of social media managers and I, uh, you know, I value them and appreciate them. And when my business gets to that point, I might consider going that route and hiring out for sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely have considered hiring people. I mean, I, you know, you have to deal with the finances and figure out what makes sense. Um, and that's why also I would, you know, consider going to a full-time job only because, and like doing photography on my own, just because there's so much to do, you know, for it. Um, and I do, I love posting on social media. Like it's exciting. I know a lot of people, they use reels. I tried to do that and then I kind of fell off of that. I don't know. It's a lot of work. I know, like making all the transitions. Like, and I love video editing, but like, you have to, I don't know, it's just a lot. So some people love it. I am not the one to be like, I'm like front and center in the video. So it was harder for me, but maybe I'll get back on it. Who knows? Um, but I definitely agree with the hashtags. Um, I had a mentor at one point and she told me that you can like use hashtags for like your location and that helps a lot. Also, I follow, you know, other photographers that use that. Um, and if I do like Boston photographer, New England photographer, like family photographer, um, then people can search it and they find me. So I definitely think in like event photographer, um, especially I think those specific niches are not as um, like used a lot on social media also because a lot of times people who use social media are younger so the photographer like it was more the younger photographers I think that would use it so I definitely tried to um, take advantage of that um, and use those hashtags and I think that's helped a lot especially before the pandemic I was getting a lot of work hopefully in the future if you know it's safe to have big events again um, that'll uh, help as well but it's so far I think it's it's better to have it than to not, you know? And they also say to mix up your hashtags and not do the same ones because I think Instagram thinks it's like spam then or something, or mm. it's like fake. So to mix it up. So then you also have different demographics. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I try to use them and I mean, I feel like why not, right? Like if someone happens to search it and find me, then it's a win. So I want to wrap up with talking about the goals that you have for your business. Um, one thing that, you know, I can relate to you heavily on. And one thing I love about you is that you love to travel. Mm -hmm. And is that like, does that contribute to the goals of your business at all? Um, yeah, let me know how those two connect. Yeah, at one point I was thinking it'd be really cool to do either destination weddings or destination or bat mitzvahs only because I do love to travel. And um, before the pandemic, actually, I got paid to um, do a photography gig in New York City. And that was so exciting for me. I was like, wow, it's my first like gig where they put me up in a hotel. Like, this is awesome. Oh. Um, so that was super exciting and I felt like I, you know, peaked, but, um, but at the, at the same time, you know, I feel like I did travel a lot in college. I'm very fortunate. I got the chance to do that. Um, and so it's almost nice too, just to have like a community here in Boston and to be able to, you know, go to the gym and, um, 
do like my you know regular day to day things and you know have my friends and like spend time here in Boston too. So as much as I do love to travel, I don't know if I would want to do it like all the time, like every weekend, just because it's really exhausting. And I I do like having my downtime. I've learned, especially during this pandemic. But um, I do want to continue traveling, and if I can um, have gigs while traveling, then that would be amazing. But I also do love um, work, you know, working in the Boston community and growing that as well. So. Um, I think for now I'm happy being in Boston. Um, we'll see, maybe one day I'll wanna you know, move and start somewhere else or do more traveling gigs. But um, I feel like for now this, this works and also because there's so many different types of um, geography in the Boston area or New England. Um, I've been up to New Hampshire and that's like super, it's beautiful, especially in the fall, um, very country. And then, you know, I'm in the city and there's also the beach, um, Cape Cod. So. I feel like there's enough diversity here that it keeps me excited to go and explore new places. Um, and then, you know, if I want to travel, maybe do that like personally or like with friends and family, stuff like that. So um, I guess we'll have to see. At first I thought I wanted to travel and make that like part of my career. Now I feel like I like to do it, um, you know, as a way to relax and kind of get re-inspired and to, you know, experience the world and not put as much pressure on it to do it for a career. So we'll have to see, I guess, where my life takes me, but that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, I think social media has kind of glamorized this idea of being uh, like a travel photographer or a travel videographer. They're always on the road. They're always like sun kissed and, and beautiful and happy. And uh, yeah, I guess um, there, are, there are definitely benefits to settling down and kind of being part of a community while still having the option to travel if you wanted to. Um, but I think that social media has kind of romanticized this idea of, of travel vloggers and travel photographers. Um, but I'm sure it's not all the, the glitz and glam that we see on social media. I'm sure there are definitely some, some downsides to it. But, uh, but yeah, even always having the option to travel is, is great. Yeah, and I know it's like maybe an influencer, if they put, you know, they put you up in hotels and you just like kind of get this lie on the beach, like that's great. But as a photographer, you know, you have to, make sure you can get everywhere in time and if you know have all the gear and it's I don't know it's like I feel like a lot of work to kind of logistically figure it out and how you're gonna get from one place to the next and if you have a gig here and there so I feel like it's harder than they make it out to be like yes you know you get to go to like probably Hawaii I'm sure that's awesome or you know these tropical locations um but you know you still like you have to be on the I like it's hard for me to sit still for you know hours yeah. on end so to be on the plane the whole time and like not to say that like it's once you're there it's amazing and you know i love to travel but i feel like when you're working you have to really make sure that everything goes well and that can be challenging because i know when i've traveled just like for myself there's a lot of things that can go wrong so i can only imagine that's probably like amplified as you're trying to deal with then work and making sure that your clients are happy and everything so um i'm like i'm sure it's amazing and i you know it'd be cool to experience it but I'm sure it's not as like perfect as it seems on social media, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. When I had the opportunity to travel to Spain for um, three weeks for, for video work in college, actually, this was, um, I was working for the production company on campus and they took um, two of us with them to Spain to film. Um, it was an amazing experience, but I definitely didn't get to like enjoy Spain while I was there because you're working, you're on the clock. There are so right. many considerations. Like you're like you only have one shot to get this 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 photo or this video. You know you don't. You're also you know I'm fortunate enough to to know a little bit of Spanish here and there. 
but yeah. uh, you know if yeah. you don't speak the language there's a language barrier um so i would have i loved working um that trip but i did not consider that a vacation i would love to go back to spain <laughs> as just a, a tourist and enjoy that area um but yeah it's just oh it's just funny i think uh <laughs> you know every of course i think about it now like what i just recently posted on um instagram joshua and i that's my boyfriend for the listeners who do not know um we went away to the cat skills for um, our anniversary and i ended up filming you know kind of a cinematic vlog of our experience there and it was uh it was really nice to to have like those those uh photo and video skills in my back pocket to document a personal venture without it having to be for work mm-hmm. and i think that's that's really awesome too because i know like you i've seen on your social media like beautiful pictures of you and your sisters and like stuff that you capture in your family and it's just so nice to be able to use your creative talents to also make memories and preserve memories as opposed to just working for for clients yeah i know my family and now they ask me all the time to make photo montages for um like my family members birthday like birthdays which i love to do but you know now it's like i'm that person because i can but i also love to you know seeing their um expressions while they're watching it is like priceless but um, yeah, no, definitely. I think it's important to continue to do personal projects, even if you are creative working for, you know, clients or for company, um, just to like keep your creative juices and get to experiment and have like no pressure of doing it for a client. And then you can be like whatever you want it to be. So I think it is um, important to keep working on personal projects and doing things just for yourself, you know, with the people you love and, um, it makes it more meaningful too. Definitely. So speaking of projects, what is a project that you have coming up? What can we look out for coming from you? Yeah. So I'm currently working on um, a motion graphics video. It's an explainer video um, for this nonprofit that I'm working for. And it's super cool because there's like a character, like a student. And at first, you know, he's sad. And then um, basically it's about like um, curriculum redesign. So the, um, you know, it's like, and now there's a better curriculum and, you know, everything's happy and it's exciting. And it's just cute because I never really dealt with like an individual character that tells the story. So it was exciting to um, work more with that. And um, I don't know, I, it, there's a lot of like bright colors. And so I, I like um, like the theme of it. I like that it's promoting um, uh, better curriculum for schools, which is something that um, I'm definitely you know passionate about and strong, like support for sure. So um, yeah, it's been an awesome project. And the people that I'm working with on it um, are super supportive, super, um, like good energy, good vibes, and um, it's been a great collaboration, and I'm happy that they're really great to work with. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to see it. Where can the people find you on social media? What's your website? Give us all the deets. Yeah, so my Instagram is at Leah Jane Productions, L-E-A-H-J-A-Y-N-E Productions. Uh, make sure Jane is with a Y. Um, just, I always tell people that. And then my website is www.leahjaneproductions.com. Again, L-E-A-H-J-A-Y-N-E Productions. Um, and you can also follow me on Facebook if you want, um, Leah Jane Productions. But Instagram is definitely where um, I will be most up to date and most real with you guys. So definitely check me out there. Thanks. <laughs> and how can the community best support you as a filmmaker, photographer, video editor, et cetera? Good question. I guess if you want to follow me on Instagram, that'd be awesome. Um, feel free to DM me, say hi. Uh, if you listen to this, I'd love to um, hear your feedback or connect with everyone. So, um, and support Kel. Listen to her podcast. Keep listening. Follow her. She's amazing. So, um, just you know, continue to be part of this 
female filmmakers community. Awesome, awesome. We're so excited to have you as part of the community, Leah. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Cal. I'm so excited to see uh, how this podcast grows. All right. As usual, thanks so much for listening, and I'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye!